Welcome to Season 2 of Shock Your Potential. This podcast is designed to help you to achieve your best self professionally and personally. I am your host, Michael Sherlock. My guests bring a wealth of experience, and their stories hold messages that transform me with every conversation. I seek out those whose businesses, lives, and causes challenge me to be my best, and hopefully, they will impact you just as much. I'm an author and speaker on leadership, sales, and the customer experience, and I want to help you to shock your potential. Learn more today at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com. And now, let's meet our next guest. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Shock Your Potential. My guest today is Izzy Kitzel, and he's an organizational alchemist, which I love that as a title, who helps individuals and organizations transform their thinking from commonplace to the extraordinary. And he does that in a really unique manner, which we're going to have a great deal of fun with today. He is a speaker and author. He does trainings. But mostly, I think we're going to find out that he approaches the concepts of leadership, which is our focus for the month of January, from a standpoint of maybe having a little laughter and a little fun with it as well. So welcome, Izzy. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. It's great to be here. I'm, I'm excited to, to pursue this conversation about a topic that uh, I think is important. I love it. It's, I love the fact that you call yourself an organizational alchemist, and I'm going to just tell a quick little story is I was just doing new business cards for myself and I'm trying to put them together and I'm like, you know what? I really haven't given myself a title. You know, now I'm getting, you know, I've got employees. So, you know, maybe I should be CEO. And then I'm like, nope, I'm going to be the CPO. And my husband goes, what are you talking about? I said, well, my business platform shock your potential. So I'm the chief potential op- officer. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That that's great. As a leader, you can define yourself in any way you want. I would just say about about alchemy. Can I just give you a, a, how how I got to that? Yes, please. The work that I was doing, um, I started as a school teacher uh, in New York City. I was a stand up comedian for a while. I got into training and facilitation uh, as a keynote speaker. And what what I began to see when I got feedback from people was that what they were looking for was ways to change themselves or their situation to live better lives, uh, which of course is, is a, a function of leadership, is helping people do that. I wasn't so much into leadership then, but what I realized was that people are looking for ways to transform. Motivational people transform from bad eating habits to good habits, transform relationships, transform their, their satisfaction in the world. So I came across this word alchemy, which I used to think was just changing lead into gold and some magic Harry Potter kind of thing. Turns out the <laughs> definition of alchemy is the transformation of something ordinary into something special. And I think those of us who work in the field that we do, uh, on some level, we have um, a desire and a gift, if we're doing it well, to help people transform. So that's how I got into that alchemy uh, situation. I love it. I, I think that's fabulous. And what a great way to think about it. And for people who are leaders in their business, that's part of the the potential as well is can I transform this this business this business unit these sales objectives into something extraordinary because that's what we're really called to do yeah and as you're talking about I hadn't realized this before but as a leader transformation doesn't necessarily mean becoming something different it means movement yeah. and as a leader the worst thing or, or the the most 
stuck thing you can do is just try to keep things static uh, to fight <laughs> against this transformation because change scares us. So you become a transformational leader, you encourage people to um, pick up their fear and go with you rather than run away. That's true. And I, when I led large teams, I would always say, you know, I have a couple ground rules, but this is the most important one. Please don't ever say to me, because we've always done it that way. <laughs> right. That makes me want to pull my hair out and, and I need to keep all my hair where it is. <laughs> right, right. Hey, you, me too. Uh, but I'm a, little, I'm a little late for that, but I can live with it. I can live with it. Well, so Izzy, tell me, so uh, let me give you an opportunity to introduce yourself a little bit more in depth and talk about what you do every day and how you try to shock the people that you work with or work for. I think the shock aspect is the process that I use, which is the application of, of improv and humor principles to leadership and organizational and personal development. So when people come to me, by now I have a, a reputation, I've been doing this for, for 25 years. Uh, certainly at the beginning, and even now, people say, well, I heard that <clears throat> you, you teach improv and, and humor, and that's really not what we need. Uh, I said, well, what do you need? And what they need is being able to think on their feet, being able to work together, being able to disagree without conflict, being able to collaborate on projects and go forward without knowing the ending. So what I've come to understand is, is that what I'm, what I'm offering people is a way of being that what the shocking thing is people don't realize that improv is a process, a practice. In the same way that mindfulness now is being spread throughout the, the culture and the society and people say, oh, it's not that I have to sit cross-legged for half an hour, it's that I have to learn this process that allows me to be in the moment at any time. Yes. And so what I do is, is, is show folks, put them through experiential situations where they get to see how the skills that make improv people successful are applicable to everyone. You know, the other shock is that people don't think that they can do it. They have a mystical idea of what improv and humor is. They think, oh, those people that think faster than me, they're smarter than me, they're quicker than me. We improvise every day. In fact, uh, we had to improvise, I had to improvise today when I thought I had fruit for my oatmeal, and I didn't. <laughs> so. mm -hmm. You know, yeah. said, oh, I'll put a little extra cinnamon in, you know, so, so something like that. The shock is, is the understanding that there are skills and availabilities we have that we can learn from other practices that we can take into our leadership life. Absolutely. And I, it's so pertinent, especially in sales organizations, when I'd say, okay, we're going to, we're going to practice, we're going to role play. And everybody's like, oh, role play. I hate role play. And like, how do you know? How do you know how you're going to handle a situation unless I put you in that in a controlled environment where you can screw up and you can say whatever you want and we can work through it? How are you going to do that in the real world? You do it every day. You role play every day when you're put in situations and unless you're practicing them beforehand, just like mindfulness, you don't build up that kind of muscle memory. I think it's perfect analogy. Yeah, and the role play is an interesting point. People think they don't role play. And I would say that, that improv is not necessarily role play, but it's close in that we all have roles in our lives as adults. We're parents, we're uh, teammates, we're um, the wild friend who goes out on weekends and, 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 and lets loose. We're the, uh, you know, the, the good boyfriend to, to, to the mother-in-law. So we all have roles. And one of the interesting things about the improv work is that uh, and, and playing in general is when you play without your attaching your mind to it, you reveal your true self. So improv is a way of people being put into situations that have real emotional content, 
they're afraid, they don't know what to do, they, they, they're thinking on their feet. Yet if they make a mistake, there's no real world consequence. Right. You can mess up an improv game, but you can also learn to say, oh, I did that because I was trying to help them and they didn't understand me, or I was trying to control the situation and I couldn't control the situation. So even though the, the, the activity didn't come out the way you expected it, your experiential learning from it is very real. And then you say, well, how does that relate to my real world? And then you can start putting the, the process into your life. I love it. I think that it has so many great applications. So since we're focusing on leadership, let's talk a little bit about your leadership mantra. What kind of mantra leadership-wise do you adhere to and, and how do you use it to shock your own potential as well as the people that you work with? I, I think it, I, I could sum that up with the title of, of, of my leadership program, which is called Becoming the Leader You Would Like to Follow. There are leadership books all over your bookshelf. Uh, and people, what's the leadership um, theory of the day? Uh, is it servant leadership? Is it uh, agile leadership? Is it good to great? And what I'm pitching is the idea that who you are is the best indication of the kind of leader you are. Who shows up in the room? Because people want you as a leader, not because so much of what you do as how what you do makes them feel. Mm -hmm. If they're uncertain, if they don't know what's going on, we're changing, we have, we're... Uh, there's a certain anxiety. If you come in and people trust you and they have an experience with you as being able to take action, if they know that you're honest and open and consistent and a person of their word, then they're willing to follow you out the door into the unknown. Mm -hmm. If you're not that person, they doubt you. And the shock value in my work for myself also is always remember, be authentic. Now, that's not so easy to do, and improv helps you do that. The goal is be the person you would like to have at the leadership that you're following. I agree, absolutely. It's interesting, I think back through my career and how I evolved as a leader over time. And a couple of years ago, I had somebody who, as they were trying to follow me, I was, I was pushing them and I was, they had so much more potential in them and there were things holding them back and I kept, just pushing just a little bit more, just a little, trying to push them a little farther than they were. And I remember, and I knew it was frustrating for this person. And I kept trying to talk about it. Let me explain what am I doing and why am I doing this? And that person, things changed and I, you know, worked in a different area then. And, and it was, it was about a year after that when this person kind of wrapped back around with me and said, you frustrated me as a leader because I always felt like I wasn't, I wasn't meeting your expectations expectations and now that I have distance from you I realized you really believed in me and you were trying to push me past these barriers and I just want to say thank you and I'm like okay at least at least you saw it because I didn't ever want to frustrate somebody but if I didn't help them to get to their own potential and to your point that was what I wanted to do for others because other leaders had done that for me and I yeah. think it's how it's you know how you try and pay it forward just a, a, a note, uh, based on what we were just talking about, what I heard this person say to you was it related to what I would said before. Leadership is not so much about what you do as how you make, uh, what you do makes them feel. And he used the words, I felt you were, you know, so his feeling about you based on, and your intention was great, his feeling was what he judged you by. So yes. as a leader, 
the, the idea is that you can't always adapt to everyone else's expectations. So you might as well be authentic and real. And if people don't like you, at least they like you for who you really are, not be, be, be cause of who they think you are. That's very true. I like that. <laughs> so tell me, what's the greatest leadership challenge you have ever had to overcome or had to face? And how did you overcome it or try to overcome it? What was, what was some of the outcomes? Uh, you're talking personally <laughs> in yeah. my life? Yeah. yeah. Um, I, at, at some point, I, I began as a special ed teacher in New York City. I taught at Hunter College in New York. I wanted to do stand-up comedy. So I did that for a while, and that's how I got into uh, I was teaching comedy writing at UMass and met business people and started doing workshops and keynotes. My biggest personal leadership was for a couple of years, I owned a restaurant, and, and that was the longest two years of my life. <laughs> I would say, because <laughs> somebody had walked, we'd walked into this restaurant in my town, and somebody said to me, this place is for sale. It's a gold mine. And I thought, oh, well, I'm not doing anything. I'm trying to get my stand-up career. I, I, I decided to go in the restaurant business. And what I realized later on was that, it was a goal. All mines are have a shaft, and and I got the shaft and not the gold. I think in the, in, in in this case, the leadership challenge I had was was first of all, not knowing that I didn't know the business. I thought, hey, I eat in restaurants all my life. I'm from New York. I I know how to order. And the second biggest challenge then was hiring people and managing mostly college students and people who didn't have a vested interest in the business. So the the challenge was how do I? I mean, I have my business. It's my money. Um, I'm, my training wasn't good. I was not aware. So I guess the leadership challenge was I wasn't aware of the many components of what I needed to pay attention to and learn in order to be the leader because I really was just a manager and, and, and an owner and the leader was, was not really adequate. That's a great realization to have. And there's a lot of people that gain leadership opportunities that aren't ready for them. And many of them are maybe too much emotionally pulled into it to feel like if I, if I can't, if I, I can't say that out loud because it might, you know, might, it might make somebody doubt me instead of saying, let me be realistic. I wasn't ready for this. I didn't do some of the things that I needed to do and I learned from it. And those are, those are really incredibly valuable lessons when we can take our ego out of it. Exactly. And I didn't, I didn't know that uh, asking for help or being able to come to a situation where I said, I don't know, because there, there were just so many things going on at the same time. I wasn't prepared and I wasn't confident enough. That's a great lesson. I appreciate you sharing that because I know that there's a lot of people listening that'll have some part of them. They'll say, oh gosh, I know. I understand that component. So what about leadership that you've been the recipient of? Who's the best leader that you ever worked with or worked for that, uh, that impacted you and has been part of you know, how you embrace the concept of leadership? I've been on in my own business, again, for more than 25 years. So, so um, when I think back to uh, the only job I really had that, that I can remember um, was a special education job, a teaching job in New York where the, um, the assistant principal gave me um, a classroom and, and, and a, a roster of duties that I wasn't ready, for, that I thought I wasn't ready for. And what she said, and actually there's one other person that comes to mind, um, when I try to get out of it, uh, I'm not ready, I don't wanna do this, uh, and I was very young then. And I remember her saying, you know, we all do this together. I believe, you know, I, want, I need you to do this for me. You're the one who best with these kids. And I'll, I'll, I will be there. Uh, I will help you, basically, is what, what she said. So she showed confidence in me. 
And then she really addressed my insecurity. Uh, and I, I said, okay. And I kept going to her, you know, I said, how, how do I, how do I do this? So that was really, that was really key. The other one I want to talk about is the person I learned comedy writing from, who was an elderly guy at the time, or he looked elderly. I was young. Everybody looked elderly. And he was a, a, a comedy writer for Red Skelton and Bob Hope. And what he, what he taught me in, in the class was about um, uh, getting up on stage, standing up, standing up for what, what, what I wanted to say. And I was writing okay, but I was afraid to perform. And I said to George, how do you overcome your fear of getting up on stage? And he said, you don't overcome your fear. You bring it with you. That's what people are interested in. So what I think that that showed me, and it plays out in my work, is that as a leader, um, be real and be, and, and it's humanity that attracts people, not perfection. Absolutely. Be vulnerable. Yeah. And so that, that, that line plays in my head all the time. And he gave me one more, which I'll just share. Uh, I was afraid I would forget my material. And he said, is he in, remember this, the audience never knows what you leave out. <laughs> so true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So when I coach speakers and, you know, and, and, and trainers and people that, and, uh, who have to get up in front of groups, that's one of the biggest lessons I can give them is because everyone's so afraid. What if I forget what I forget? Work modulely and they'll never know. Absolutely. And, you know, from a speaking perspective, that's why practice, practice, practice is so darn important. And don't memorize, don't memorize, don't memorize, because you may think you have 45 minutes and you come in to go, hey, the boss is going to talk to you. You only got 30. Oh, right. yeah. 45 minutes. Well, you got 30. Talk back. Yeah, I heard, I heard a speaker, um, a very, very well-known speaker, and I will not mention this person's name, but uh, they were in that situation and then just spoke so fast yeah. that the message was lost the jokes were lost in in that in that struggle and i was so i was so disappointed for this person because i was so excited to hear their message and you know it was one of those things i th thought here's a good reminder for me make sure you know where you're going but yeah. don't have the uh the the you know the map plugged in yeah, that goes back to the improv process. What improv teaches you is that you have a goal, you have a mission, you have a direction, you have a skill set. Just don't get stuck with only one path to that goal. Because it, once you get thrown off, you have to be able to pivot. You have to be able to adjust. You have to be flexible in your thinking and your action. That's the improv principle. Absolutely. Well, we're going to take a quick break and hear from our sponsor as we're talking today with Izzy Cassell and uh, talking about how we can have the role of improv in our business and leadership strategies. We'll be right back. Are you a fan of luxury handbags? Do you have one or more in your closet that need a new home? Then meet Rebag, the online luxury handbag authority that rethinks the role of luxury in the secondary market. Buy, sell, Repeat. Rebag puts the seller first and caters to a growing segment of consumers who are looking at the ownership of luxury goods in a more sustainable way. How does it work? Simply submit pictures on the Rebag mobile app and receive a free quote in less than one business day. Or, if you're in New York City, drop by one of their stores and head straight to the Rebag bar. You'll get a quote on the spot. Use your prepaid label to ship your bag from anywhere in the U.S. Once Rebag receives the item, payment is issued instantly, which is an industry first, and customers receive their funds within one to two business days. To learn more, visit Rebag.com backslash sell backslash shock your potential, or find our link on our website 
at shockyourpotentialpodcast.com. And we are back again with Izzy. Izzy, I am having a great time with this. And we're actually doing really well on time. We're pretty good with this. Yeah. So we're talking about a lot of the listeners that I have are either in leadership roles that are growing and expanding, or many of them are also business owners themselves. So one of the things I like to ask all my guests on my podcast is about struggles that you face with building your business. Because I think there's, you know, there's so many lessons, no matter what kind of position or job you have or company you work with, a lot of these, these concepts or these, these challenges are very universal. So what's the biggest challenge that you faced in building your business, this business, and how have you overcome it or trying to overcome it? Or, you know, where are you in that process? I think I related or referred to it when I was talking about the restaurant. The biggest challenge I have is learning when to delegate and how to delegate. And that goes to the belief that I'm, I, I need to know more than I should. So being able to be humble in terms of what I know and what I don't know, being able to ask for help. And that's why I think mentorship and, and co-creation is, is so important. But I would say the biggest challenge for me was knowing how to delegate and having confidence in the people that I delegate, which means I have to make sure they were trained correctly, which means I'd have to understand that when I hired them about their skill sets, their, their pluses and minuses. So by lifting them up, I was able to become more confident in my own ability and having to let go of, of you know, micromanaging. Yeah, I, I talk about that a lot in my first book in my leadership book called Tell Me More is you can, so many people will say, oh, it's just easier if I do it. Yeah, then I know I can control things. Well, yeah, a lot of times we can do those things. It doesn't mean you should, because if you always are the one doing everything or fixing it, you're never developing your people. You're only going to be carrying all that load on your own shoulders and that gets exhausting. It's not sustainable. Yeah, and I would say from, from the improv point of view, what you learn in improv as a leader in the leadership programs, uh, as you go through these activities, improv is, so if you and I are playing a game, uh, sometimes you're in charge, you, you say the word, it's your turn, and whatever you say, I have to agree to, that concept of ESN, and sometimes I say the word and you have to follow. So the interesting thing about leadership and improv is that you learn that sometimes it's your turn, and you step up, and you have control, and then sometimes you have to step back. So you're both a leader follower within the process, and that really is insightful because you get things you didn't expect or you don't want or you think it's going one way, and yet you have to accept the reality. So you keep adjusting those expectations, and you're finding yourself um, being able to lead and follow. And that's the way you build trust. You give people chances to step up. I love that. That is so true. And oftentimes I'll have people say, well, Michael, if I, if I do this and I'm developing these people and I'm letting them have some control of the dialogue, what if they go a direction that I don't want them to go? And that's when I say that's one of the most powerful lessons for you to learn is how to still help craft people's directions or their plans or their answers to things by asking them more questions or exactly. continue. Yeah, exactly. you don't have yeah. to just blindly follow it. It's about continuing the dialogue instead of saying no or yes, it's about let's talk more about that. Yeah, tell me how you came to that. You and I have a different uh, opinion. Let, let's, let's exchange ideas, let me see. And this is exactly what we're talking about in terms of leadership. You're building uh, the other person's capacity, A, to trust you, to take a risk, to be honest, and to uh, hear your opinion as opposed to 
the person who every time you give them a, a, a they come to you you go no or that's not good or i we got to do it this way protecting yourself distances other people from you the the um the curiosity factor in improv it, it leads to leadership because then you go oh i didn't think of that doesn't seem good tell me more and then that's the way you build rapport Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're getting near the end, so I have a couple questions left. Okay. Because I focus on excellence in leadership, sales, and customer experiences, I know that we all we all have examples of bad experiences with those things, but I try and focus on positive because that's where I think we can spend more time celebrating. So I ask everybody, if you have had a leadership or sales or customer experience that was so overwhelmingly positive that it shocked you and it's something that sticks with you in terms of it influences who you are and how you operate today. Yeah, the one that, that comes to mind is, is related to the, the concept I have of, of uh, becoming the leader you'd like to follow, authenticity. Uh, this is a person on a, um, a plane, a flight attendant, going through the repertoire about the, the, the mask, putting your own mask on first. They said something un, unusual, you know, they go, put it on your face and breathe normally. I don't think you can breathe normally if the mask is floating down, but that's another story. She starts coming up the aisle checking for seatbelt compliance. And um, she bends over to look at, at, at my seatbelt and I notice her name tag. And in the place where I expected to see something like Susan or Samantha or Sarita, I saw two words, O-Miss, O-H-M-I-S-S. See, this woman understood. This woman understood. People didn't raise their hand. They didn't go, oh, Susan, Samantha, Sarita. No, no, no. People raise their hand and go, what? Oh, miss. Right? So rather than, this is the leadership thing. Rather than fight the forces, rather than telling a thousand people a day, rather than getting upset, she, the leadership action is taking what she got, putting it in her position, slapping it on her name badge. And the, the, the thing is, what I realized was that without saying a word, this person changed the emotional climate for everybody in the room because you could feel the lightness go back to C12C where I was sitting. She just looks down and her leadership activity of, of staying in the moment, of dealing with what she got rather than what she wished she had, and trusting that she would be okay, lightened the load for everybody. You know, she looked down, she didn't say a word. And that's where I, where I, I, I just encourage people to say who you are in the room with the team at the business, as soon as you walk in there, People will feel your leadership in some way, good, bad, positive, on the slider. So you might as well do that. So that, that's a person I, I, I admire. I love that. That is so fantastic. And you, everything you said about that is so spot on, especially the point you can fight the things that make you crazy, or you can figure out how to control those and move along that river of your own decision, not yeah, yeah. frustration. <laughs> the leadership the leadership model is act on things you can the improv model act on things you can control let go of things you cannot there you go yep i love this the serenity prayer in, in a different it, it, it's, it's very it's all true it's all true <laughs> so if you could go back in time and talk to the younger izzy and tell him anything that would have shocked his potential farther faster or even just kept you on the same path at what point in time would you go back to the izzy and what would you tell him I'd probably go back to college and I'd, uh, pro I'd major in, in theater or, or uh, some kind of performance or entertainment because uh, my, my work since then has really been a recognition that the skills that make um, comedy writers, comedians, uh, th theater people are relevant uh, to the real world. And it's not that you act them out, it's that you become those, the, 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 those skills. 
So, um, and, and, and along with that, I would say take more risks. Mm. Love it. Love it. Well, I know we are going to uh, have all of your contact information on the show notes and on the website, but for somebody who's driving right now and wants to, you know, be able to look, look you up right away. Now, maybe they're not driving. We don't want them to be driving and looking things up, but you know what I mean? Yeah, What's yeah. the best way for people to find you? I would say the two, the two best ways, LinkedIn, just uh, type in my name. Uh, and I have three videos on LinkedIn learning. One's on team building, one's on leadership with improv. And one's on humor in the workplace. It's also on lynda.com, which are, is actually the same company. My website is izzyg.com, I-Z-Z-Y-G.com. Let people go there. If you, I'd love to answer any questions or start conversations on, on LinkedIn or on the website. And uh, people more interested, I'd be happy to send some information to them when they get in touch with me. Excellent. It has been such a pleasure. Before we say goodbye, any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners? For this philosophy of authenticity and leadership and in life, watch the way you play. The way you play any game is you are in real life. Your true nature comes out when you play because we lose our adult act. So you learn from how you play and to see your qualities and, and, and behaviors. And should you find something that you want to be different about, say that. But watch the way you play. Observe yourself. That's really good advice. I love that. And I think that is very, very true. Izzy, it has been just an absolute pleasure having really you on good. today. Yeah, really fast. I know. I know it always does. I know yeah. my listeners are going to gain a lot of great information and we will have links to all your videos on LinkedIn and the show notes as well. So people can just click and go right to them. And I know that you have a couple books, so we'll have links to uh, those for you as well. And it has been fabulous. Thank you for joining me, Izzy. And I hope you have a fantastic day. Thank you, Michael. I had a great time too. Bye, everybody. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Shock Your Potential. My book, Tell Me More, How to Ask the Right Questions and Get the Most Out of Your Employees, is available on Amazon and through my website. And look for my second book, Sales Mixology, Why the Most Potent Sales and Customer Experiences Follow a Recipe for Success. Learn more today at shockyourpotential.com and shockyourpotentialpodcast.com. And don't forget, shock your own potential today. I'm excited to announce that the second edition of my book, Tell Me More, How to Ask the Right Questions and Get the Most Out of Your Employees, is now available on Amazon. To get a sneak preview and the first 10 pages of the book, text the words, tell me more to 72,000. That's 72,000 and the words, tell me more.